Hey community, this is Matt McCoy. Most people put this at the very end of a podcast episode, but for this episode, I'm just going to put it at the top. And hey, if you've been listening to this podcast and it's been helpful for you, we would love to hear your feedback. If you could leave us a rating in the iTunes store, just click the rating button, leave us however many stars you want, give us some feedback in the reviews. We read every single one and it would mean a lot to us uh, to hear how this podcast has been helpful for you. Thanks. For anybody out there that's wanting to take that next step, for anybody out there that's that's wanting to get into whatever you want to do or just with your current situation, it's so simple. You have to give way more than you take. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Loop Community Podcast, where we're passionate about providing quality and affordable resources that enhance your sound and help you sound like you. I'm here with my co-host, Derek Kerr. Hi, Derek. Hey, Matt. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Derek, so what is a gift that you've received that you were just pumped to get? To get? I was pumped when I was 10. I got a GameCube for Christmas. It's an old system that doesn't work anymore or doesn't exist anymore. The Square Nintendo. Yep, Square Nintendo. It had the really small discs, um, but it was my first video game and I was so excited. I played it all night. Did you ask for it for a long time? I did. I asked for it for a long time um, and my parents were like, no, you can't even save up for it. And I thought that was so mean. I was like, I want to work for it, but they were getting it for me for Christmas, which was why. There's definitely like a generational gap between us because I think I was like almost in college when the GameCube came out. Yeah, I was 10. So there's a little bit of a gap. I remember for me, I was so pumped. Well, so this is also going to show the generational gap here <laughs> because I remember being so pumped when my parents got me a color Canon printer. Nice. I was like probably nine years old and I <laughs> loved writing things in Microsoft Word with color (laughs) and I wanted to like print them out and I was so pumped that they got me one that's cool but I mean do you even own a printer now um I do not own a printer no I can scan things with pdf into my phone right so that's all you need (laughs) so okay so what's a gift that you've been pumped to give uh to give yeah last Christmas actually this past Christmas um my mom And stepdad and uh, brothers, they've never had like an HD TV. They've always had like the really old, huge box TV. And it got to the point where if you watched sports, it would actually cut off half of the screen. Oh, gosh. um, Because it wasn't wide enough. And you couldn't really tell where the ball was based on the color. And my family loves sports. And so my sister, my wife, and I all pitched in and got them a nice HD TV. And it was a complete surprise. And it was, it felt awesome to give that to them. How did you reveal it? uh, We actually handed my brothers um, the HDMI cord and said, Merry Christmas. And they were like, what? (laughs) And so then we handed them um, something that like makes their antenna HD. And they were like, we don't have a TV that would work for this. And I was like, oh, sorry. And then we went and got it from the other room and brought it in. So they were excited. That's awesome. I think for me, I, 
I love giving surprises. Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite thing. And it's funny because my wife like hates surprises, but I love giving yeah. them. I just think it's so fun to like surprise people with something that they weren't expecting or also just like watching their expression as you're kind of like, right. you know, like if I surprise my wife with a trip or we're going somewhere and, you know, just like kind of all the questions leading up and I kind of play with her in it, you know, like, mm-hmm. like should you pack a bathing suit or even if it's totally like not at all what we're doing. Right. But anyways, I love giving surprises. And I think, honestly, I loved, like, when I when I bought an engagement ring. Yes. And then, and you probably had the same experience. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate surprise. Right. And, uh, you know, planning the date. Like, we went up in a hot air balloon, and I surprised her with that. And then in the hot yes. air balloon. So it was, like, surprise after surprise. The first surprise was, we're going on a hot air balloon. She's, like, freaked out about that already. Right. And then we're, like, you know, 10,000 feet in the air, and I surprise her again with actually giving her the ring. Nice. Double surprise. Double surprise. Perfect. It was awesome. But I think, uh, you know, this this interview that we have today with Brandon Breitenbach is, um, is so awesome because he talks a lot about giving more than you take. Yes. And how, um, just how much better it is to give than it is to receive. And I think anybody who's given things knows that feeling yeah. of um, fulfillment that you get when you're giving. And so... I think it's awesome just hearing from him as a leader about how that can actually change the um, dynamics of your team. Whether you're leading a team or your family or just in friendships, anything, um, giving more than you're taking. And uh, so I really enjoyed this, this interview with Brandon. Me too. Enjoy it. Here's my interview with Brandon Breitenbach. All right, Brandon, welcome to the Loop Community Podcast. So glad to have you here, man. Matt, it's good to see you and hear you. I know, it's been a while. We go back, man, how many years did we go back? Five, six years? At least, um, I see, so Ava's four, at least five or six years. Yeah. Yeah. When your mom and my wife set us up on a coffee date. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) Yep, both of our, so your wife, my mom, both worked at Virgin America, the airline and uh, thought it'd be a good idea to set us up. Yeah, to talk. Perfect. A lot of similar interests. Brandon, how about you uh, just let everybody know who's listening to just a little bit about your background. Like, what do you what do you do? Sure. Um, well, my name is Brandon Breitenbach. I was born and raised in Annapolis, Maryland, uh, but currently living in Carlsbad, California. Uh, married ten years. My beautiful wife Stephanie. We have two amazing daughters, Ava and Marigold, who I love dearly. And yeah, so that's kind of the personal side of things on the work, I guess you would say. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Ever since I was a young kid, I've just loved business, love entrepreneurship and doing kind of my own thing. Um, my first company, if you want to say, was a bike shop in my toy room um, called Bikes Are Us. So I've always had interest in, in business, but then also an interest in music. Um, I grew up playing music um, at a young age. I told my mom that I wanted to learn guitar, so she bought me a guitar, and I literally taught myself. You know, I printed out some music, and I had, like, I showed you where to put your fingers on uh, the fretboard, and taught myself how to play, and from there, taught myself guitar, piano, bass, and um, just fell in love with music. Um, Traveling, you know, doing my own band, traveling with some other local bands, meeting people who do it on the professional level, 
Um, and after meeting them, realized, whoa, like there's other guys that work behind the scenes and that I'm really relating to, you know, the tour manager or the, the front of house engineer, um, the managers of booking agencies, publishers, like all those guys, like that's, that's who I identify with and I, and more than the guys on the stage. But you started and, off on the stage. I right? did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So you which, played, what, what instrument did you, you played with a band, right? Yeah. Yeah. Multiple bands over the years, mainly guitar, um, then played bass for a few bands for a while. But I don't know, every time I was on stage, I was more interested on like the way it sounded. I, I, it was weird. I was growing up too, like I enjoyed running sound. And so it was kind of like this mix, mixed thing of like all these different lanes that I was kind of running in. Right. Uh, um, but uh, it all, it is all leading to definitely where I'm at today um, and why I'm where I'm at today. But uh, so yeah, did that for um, yeah, did the touring band thing, playing some music. Figured out that I enjoyed more of the business side of things, and um, really dove deep into that. And especially on the tour management side, like that's where really where I found my niche. You know, especially if I could wear two hats, like be a front of house engineer and a tour manager, right. uh, just created a lot more opportunity uh, for that. And something I'm currently still doing, but you know, through that journey, you know, still. I've started and, um, you know, multiple companies over the years had, you know, a couple that were cool successes, way more that were failures along the way. But, um, you know, I am uh, thankful for every single one of them. And so, yeah, my background is this weird mix between music, the music industry and um, business and entrepreneurship. And it's all kind of led to where I'm at now. Right. So, are you pretty type A? Uh, I don't really know how to define that for myself. I think so. So, it's interesting. I've got this weird way of being able to flop between the two, like right, left side of the brain, whatever you want to say, because I need to be a tour manager, so I need to be on point, I need to be very organized, I need to be very like detail-oriented in what I'm doing and thinking five steps ahead. You know, hey, we've got a six o'clock flight tomorrow morning, so we have to be on the shuttle by 445 let's make sure the shuttle actually runs by 445 how many people do we have to get on that shuttle do they have enough space on that shuttle or do we need to uber like that's how my mind needs to reverse engineer things right for just a, a simple lobby call right um but also at the same time i could be on stage answering a question a tour management question but then i need to turn around and walk out front and start mixing and be creative and that's a massive creative you know environment i'm kind of selfish in saying it. i think it's the most important creative environment you know mixing and mixing front of house especially for a you know a band that people are paying to come see um it's a it's a big responsibility and i don't take it lightly so right. so when did you start mixing and uh touring with phil wickham phil and i have been working together over seven years i guess this is year eight now uh, that i've been traveling with him um it was very interesting uh, how it kind of all came about but his brother-in-law, um, Joel, knew that I worked in this capacity. Phil was looking for a new guy to fill this role. And um, we went out and did a few shows together and the rest is history. But I will say, kind of going back and referencing that first show, it was extremely terrifying. I mean, I knew I was like, yeah, I'm a qualified engineer. I can definitely do this. But I showed up and it's him by himself with acoustic. And that's it. Two lines. Vocal <laughs> guitar. That's all I get. And right. it was like... 2,000 people in the room. Right. I've got to make this guy fill this space. How in the, oh my, this is yep. the most difficult circumstance I've ever been put in as an engineer. Um, but, uh, yeah. But if anybody's seen Phil Wickham play, you know that he can fill 
like the sound can fill like massive arena just with yes. him and his guitar. It's pretty amazing. It is cool, man. I mean, it definitely, there are a few tricks that I had to learn, right. you know, um, to be able to do that. Obviously, he's an extremely talented artist. There's no questioning that. I'm just pushing faders, but I found a few ways to... Right to do things to kind of help. I mean, and he tunes his guitar a whole step down. So that helps make it sound even fuller, larger and all like awesome. But also like for me, like I could like really pump this guitar in the subs right? and really like rattle this place while he's playing really big. But then when he stops, like I got to make sure my fingers on that trigger to, to pull it out because it could just run away from me. Right. And so I'm, it's, it's very dynamic and we've kind of built this, this cool way of, I can feel where he's going in the song and I can, you know, go with him in those dynamics and, you know, whether that's building up the bot like the low end or taking away or even the volume, like, you know, this, this song is, is very like singer songwriter. So it's like, I'm actually gonna keep the volume very low. I want people to really like sit, sit into it and pay attention. Um, yeah. So it took some time, but I feel like we're there. Right. It sounds amazing, man. Every time yeah. I see it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it sounds huge. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's um, a lot of fun in mix, man. It it really, really is. So as a sound engineer, you probably see a lot of different sound systems. And I'm guessing maybe even more so in the early days when maybe you're like visiting different churches. And mm -hmm. I'm curious, just because a lot of the listeners here are probably worship leaders, you know, and they've got a sound system at their church. What what would you say, like of all the sound systems you've seen, like what's the biggest mistake you see a lot of churches making that might be preventing them from having really good sound? Because I know everybody really wants it. Totally. But there might be simple practical things that they're just not doing. Man, it's it's actually very, very simple. Um, educate yourself. Like <laughs> I don't know a better way to put it, but somebody could um somebody could hand me something. I don't know. Like, uh, okay, a, a painting. They gave me a blank canvas and they're like, Hey, I want you to paint this. You know what I mean? Sunset over the beach. Yep. I could do that, but it would look like a kid. It would look like my four-year-old did it just because, you know what I mean? I'm not educated on how to, I've never taken the time to learn painting, learn what that means to learn how to properly do that. Um, and I, dude, I just believe it's the same thing in sound um, that you have to take the time to educate yourself, to understand what it means, what those frequencies are, where they're supposed to sit, like how it's supposed to work. And it's not a guessing game. Um, and, and that goes, I think, as much, but if not more for that, you know, for that leader who is sitting in that leadership role to understand that, to hopefully communicate that to, you know, maybe their, their tech director, um, you know, front of house engineer or volunteers, whoever that is, um, properly. But then I think, you know, the same side, it's like making sure that you're educating those people who are in those roles and they're constantly being educated. There's some great resources out there. Actually, I've been following along like um, this thing called Mix You that a couple guys are doing. And it's just incredible to see the education that they're giving to people um, when it comes to mixing in front of house. Um, but like a practical thing, it's just like, don't, yeah, educate yourself and don't think you know it all. Um, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Do you think that with just about any sound system you can oh, any, yes. get yeah. a good sound out of it? Yes, 100%. Like, I mean, I've had speakers that are like inserted in the ceiling, you know what I mean? Like the circle inserted <laughs> into the ceiling right. speakers and, you know, for some reason it still sounds okay. I mean, granted, it doesn't sound like a big DMV massive rig, but it sounds like, oh, this is good. And also too, like I have to serve, I have to serve my mix to that system. I think maybe that's actually a great, 
point that I'd love to make, like, don't try to overpower or, or try to recreate something with what you've currently been given. You know what I mean? Like if you've got a small PA and you're trying to make it sound like an arena and you're just crushing it, it's going to sound terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, and ex- especially in a worship church environment. I mean, um, just serve in that moment, like serve with the system you have, serve for the purpose of the people that are there and just creating the best environment for the masses, for everybody and not, trying to make it sound like a rock and roll show because that's what you want. Right. What's your, what's your favorite piece of gear that you have on the road with you? Is there something that you take with you all the time? (laughs) I'm the worst person to ask this question because I literally don't even carry a thumb drive. Like I don't carry anything. Yeah. Um, if I had a favorite piece of gear, it'd probably be my AirPods. (laughs) I just, (laughs) I just, I'm not a gear. Like I don't ever read, read gear reviews. I'm just, I, I, yeah, I just, I'm I awful get it. with it. I get it. I'm not a gearhead either. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I think what's really interesting is that, you know, you started off musician. Um, well, actually, you started off business. Yeah. Business-minded. Yeah. Then yeah. interested in music, became a musician, but then combined those two worlds into, well, how about music business? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so you're on the road all the time. You've got these businesses that you're doing. I mean, you're managing other people. I remember one time I came out with you on the road. The one time I ever in my life have missed an alarm was when I was supposed to fly out to meet you guys in Dallas somewhere. That's right. For I a Joyce that. Meyer thing. I remember that. I'm serious. The <laughs> oh, I've never once missed a flight like that. And you were so generous. <laughs> I called you and I'm like, man, I slept through my flight. But I mean, you're juggling like, you know, tons of other people's schedules and yeah, making sure people get where they need to be and flights arranged and rides. And I mean, that takes, that takes uh, someone who has a lot of administrative and administrative skills and patience. And uh, I do think it's interesting when I think about some of the listeners here with uh, worship leaders, you know, they're, they have the creative side in them, you know, they're playing guitar, singing, but some of them are also having to, you know, also manage teams, <laughs> schedule people, Definitely. plan sets, like kind of do more of the type A type stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you miss the creative side at all? Like, is have you found a way to still express creativity? Oh man, I feel like every day I'm like every day I get to express it, and even if it's you know not necessarily behind the console, but in building businesses and and being creative with that. I mean, I'm I think in building anything you're being creative, and so it's whether it's the people that I'm putting around me or the opportunities that are, are possibly coming my way and how I could be creative in those and like really see those come to fruition the best way possible. So I don't know. I feel, I feel like I'm actually in a weird way. Creativity is becomes a lot easier <laughs> to me, like to be in that creative moment, like talking to you on this podcast right now, this is easy. If I have to sit down and like review a document, like that's painful <laughs> yeah. for me personally. Um, and so yeah, I, I, uh, the creative aspect of things, I think, is um, something I love and um, you know, thrive in, for right. sure. Well, and you're a hustler, too. Like, whenever I think of Brandon, I'm like, this guy just gets, like, so much done. I don't even know how you get everything you get done in the time you have. And you have a family. You've got kids. I mean, you've got all these different plates spinning. You know, Phil Wickham stuff, your, your other business stuff. And I don't even know how you do it. But I do remember when I was on the road with you a few times from what I saw, it seems like you took every single possible minute. You carried your laptop around, you would hide in a corner and just start cranking through emails. 
right? You know, any free free moment. What is what are some tips that you've had of like how do you <laughs> how do you hustle like that? How do you um, stay Man, productive? I don't think everybody's built the same. I will say that. I think I've been wired in a way that my capacity is a lot higher than most. I, I get that and I recognize that and I'm very self-aware of that. And so I don't want to set anybody up to say like, hey, you should be doing this in the same capacity as, as me and be running at this speed. Um, but it's so, but on the flip side of that, it's also my hobby. It's also what I really, really love and I really, really enjoy it. It's like, I get so much life and I, I get so much joy out of, of somebody giving me an idea or having an idea or seeing some sort of even obstacle in front of me that I need to somehow find a resolution or solution to. Like that challenge, I, I would think it's the same thing for some pro athlete who, you know, is on the ball field and, right. you know, they're trying to figure out that moment. You know what I mean? Like I just, that's kind of how I feel. I feel like an athlete in what I do. Um, I'm just on the, like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'm still in the minor leagues, but just on the very beginning cusp of it. But I just, I want to give my all to it because I just love it. But I mean, practical things for me, I, one thing I learned pretty early on is taking care of things in the moment. And so if I get and this doesn't work for everybody, um, I, I, I think I have a, unique skill of being able to process something very quickly and, and come to an answer because I have to. I mean, when I'm on the road, especially when I'm on the road and I've got 10 people traveling with me, I have to make decisions quickly right. that affect everybody. And so it's like, hey, this came up. We're running late. We're running delayed. Okay, great. We have to do this. Um, and I have, to run, I have to own that and I have to go with it. And most of the time, luckily, I'm making the right decisions, but sometimes I'm not. And I've got to okay, I made the wrong decisions. Now I've got to pivot and I've got to learn from those. Um, but taking that action in the moment. So if I get a text message or an email from somebody and I know what the answer is up top, like I know what that is. And just a simple like text or a simple reply to that in that moment, done. It's taken care of. Now it's off my plate. I don't have to go back to it again. And so, right. um, yeah, that's some, some practical things. And then for me too, like, I, I, this kind of reference to what I said earlier, I, I really try to reverse engineer and think like four or five steps ahead. I think that's just a big, massive lifesaver for me. Um, and has something like, you know, if there is a lobby call, I need to be there 15 minutes early and try to make sure that I reverse engineer what could happen or, you know, somebody needs to be on stage or, you know, if a, a business partner is texting me about some deal, then I like, there's just, there's so many things that happen, but if I can stay four or five, six steps ahead of what I think might be the next question, um, it's going to be a, you know, for me, it's a massive lifesaver. So, yeah. Have you heard the good news? Our free app, Prime, is now available for Mac. You can now play back all of your tracks right from your Apple laptop or desktop. Prime for Mac offers all the same great features as Prime for iOS, but now with the powerful capabilities that your Mac has to offer. Download Prime for Mac today for free in the Mac App Store. Yeah, I mean, you're constantly problem solving, which is probably why being a road manager is a perfect... <laughs> role for an entrepreneur because mm. being an entrepreneur is constantly problem solving. Oh, hundred percent. I'm you putting know? out fires all day. Yeah. Exactly. People yeah. who are starting businesses are trying to solve problems and, th and you have to constantly think of new ways to, to fix and pivot and change those problems. And that's what you're doing too, as a road manager. Yeah. 
how in the world are you, how do you balance <laughs> all your, your businesses and travel with personal life? Uh, I'm just very self-aware of it. I think that, um, you know, I understand that I have, I have an amazing wife first. Well, first of all, I should say I have an amazing wife and she is, she's a rock star at the house. And when I'm gone, like she's, she's a single mom and there's really no better way to put that. She really is. I mean, there's moments I could be gone for two, three days. It's kind of the norm, but some, it could be four, five, six, seven, eight days that I'm away and it's just her and the kids. Um, so, I mean, I just give so much credit to her, but then it's on like a practical side of things, like how to manage it. We just really, really try, I haven't been great over the years, but really, really try to over communicate and over, over communicate. I mean, I share, uh, we have like a family calendar and I put anything that I know is going to affect our family is on there. Even if it's business related, I still put it on there. If I have to go somewhere, if I have to, you know, travel up to LA, if I've got to go to, you know, wherever, for some business meeting, I'm going to put it on that family calendar. So my wife is aware and she can see that, you know, we try to, we don't always get to it, but we try to on Sundays to kind of sit down look over the week coming up, review what's going on. Um, and where we could, you know, where our family time is like, okay, these are our windows. How are we going to take advantage of those? And then also too, I'm, I'm really diligent on like blocking out chunks of time. Um, so like there's a week in March I mean, I'm, I'm home 10 days in March, but there's a four day window that I've blocked out to like, it's a hundred percent family. And so I told my wife like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do a staycation somewhere. We're going to go. It's just going to be us four hanging, like no work, no nothing for those four days. It's very intentional. Granted, I won't be home for, you know, 20, 20 some odd days that month, but I know like we're really going to invest in this time that works for our family. I mean, it's working right now. I won't say yep. it works forever, but that works for our family. Can't say it's going to work for everybody. Yeah. Um, those are some practical ways that we use to balance it. I'm just curious how how many calendars do you have? <laughs> That's a good question. I was listening to a podcast um, recently. I can't remember who was talking about it. Donald Miller was someone, and the guy was saying that you should only have one calendar because you are one person. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And I was looking at my like six calendars, thinking, oh gosh. <laughs> Okay, so I have I have 21 calendars. Whoa. But again, there's a couple of reasons in there. I have one personal and then one family. So like that category. Yep. Our Phil Wickham camp, there's there's four different calendars that I have to manage. There's like, you know, our shows, contracting, the band calendar, and then like any personal stuff that goes into like that stuff. My former company, Pair Booking, now a company called Special Guest. Um, like I have my special guest calendar, like all my stuff that's interacted with those. With that, we manage a few venues. We have some venue calendars on there that I need to like keep my eye on some of our larger accounts. Yep. Um, and then, you know, I have another company that's doing like social media and social media marketing for a bunch of clients. And again, high end clients. Um, I have calendars for those that I can like see what their content calendar is just to keep a pulse on it. So I, I would say I only manage three, but I have my eye on a lot. <laughs> so. Wow. So yeah, tell us a little bit about what, what are some of the businesses you're doing? Like what's, what's Brandon up to these days? Yeah. Uh, currently, so back in December, 
Well, three years ago, I started a company called Pair Booking. It was an iPhone app that helped like with the booking process. That merged with a company back in December called Special Guest. Um, and Special Guest is, was a talent platform, more of like a marketplace to, for people to find talent. Um, we were the tool that helped like do the booking and all that kind of stuff. But also, we are managing venues. So like we actually do the talent buying for venues. Um, so we're kind of holding the keys to the stage, if you want to say, um, and uh, representing the venues as well as the artists. And so, um, so anyway, that's under the name Special Guest. It's been an incredible couple of months, and the you know it's a it's a venture back company with Lightspeed Ventures and a bunch of cool people in LA who are a part of it. Super fun. Um, but just recently, I I've, I've launched kind of I guess you would say like my holding company, which is called Bright. Um, last name Bright and Bach, so Bright Inc. Um, and so under Bright, um, there are multiple different arms that we're kind of rolling out. Um, some of things I want to do, but then most are ideas or ventures that my friends have wanted to do. And so taking them under my wing, taking them under my umbrella to like push their idea forward. Um, so, you know, like as an like investor. The- um, no, not necessarily as an investor. Like if Matt McCoy came to me and said that he wanted to start a, um, I don't know. What do you want to start? You want to start a, a coffee company. I'm holding a coffee. So I just How about an, an app for, uh, churches and cities to find musicians. Great. So then you and I sit together, we dissect that plan. We figure out what it's going to be called. Right. Um, because it's an app venture, I would probably put it under like, you know, um, bright investments. And then what we would do is like either, either bright or other investors would invest in you. My digital marketing team, my operations team would come alongside of you to help you launch your idea, but it would be underneath of our umbrella. So the app thing is a little bit different, but like, um, there's a, like a buddy of mine came to me once it opened a restaurant. And I mean, I don't have, and this isn't on the docket right now, but it'd be fun if it eventually happened. And maybe we call the restaurant the Bright. And then we're going to go out, we're going to figure out how to do that, but it's going to be underneath of our umbrella. Um, and so, you know, taking ideas and and to that next step, like that, it's great to have the idea, but when you actually make that first step, you know this, it's very, very difficult to do that right. uh, and to um, move forward with an idea and also figure out what those next steps are. Luckily, from a young age to now, I've done it you know, probably 10 times, and now I want to start doing that with others. Um, and so I've got the digital marketing arm, which is super fun. Um, got the management piece, which we're like working – I'm working with artists on a management level. Um, I'm not the direct manager, but I'm very much involved in what's happening on a, on a high level. Um, Bright Investments, investing in startups and young companies, which is super fun. Um, a couple other fun, I would say six or, other, six or seven other things coming down the pipeline that'll be bright, whatever we want to call it. Um, but uh, Light bright. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Life. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you got so much stuff going. It's crazy. Have you ever, I mean, you've, I mean I'm sure any entrepreneur has faced, uh, you know, highs and lows, failures, oh, successes. Oh gosh. You know, have you ever had a failure that really has like kind of knocked you down for a while? Or are you pretty resilient to that kind of stuff? Because I know some, I know there's been times for me, like, I'm like, wow, I don't know if I can keep doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh there's definitely been moments for sure. You know what I mean? Um, pair, pair was, pair is a great example 
because Pear was a great tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a great tool and I, it was a great app. The biggest mistake I made is I built an app and I didn't build a business. Even though I've built three, four, five other companies before that, I still didn't learn from my own mistakes then. I, I went into and I built an app, but I didn't build a great business. It was a business, but not a great business. And I had to go through a lot of fires with because of that decision and um, to get to the oh there was there were multiple times you know what I mean like waking up three four in the morning like going to the office and like seeing like the th- you know just tons of emails basically of complaints <laughs> yeah. like support emails yeah that I because because I think as a as like a CEO and as an entrepreneur like you have to keep your your finger on the pulse of everything yeah even if you're not doing it like just still like so I log into the support funnel and just be like oh my goodness like. What have I done? Like, why did I do this? Like, this is, you know, I just let me throw in the towel now. It's like, no, I can't. I got to keep, you know what I mean? Like, right. that would be the easiest thing to do. Um, but um, what kept you going? But, man, honestly, again, I just, I love, I love, I love it. Like, it's weird. Like, it's like, gosh, like, this is hard. But I also really like this for some reason. Like, it, maybe it's sick. I don't know. Like, it's a disease I have, but. I feel like the more pressure and the more uh, resilient that I have against something, the more people are pushing back on it, like the harder I want to push and the harder, like, and again, like you also need to know your limitations and know like when it's time to call it quits. But I, um, I just, I just really, really love it. It's not for the faint of heart. There was a, there's a quote I saw Elon Musk tweeted recently. He was like, the reality of being a business owner is great highs, terrible lows and unrelenting stress and most yeah, people yeah. most people don't want to hear about the last two no no <laughs> like it's not at all give me the highs not give me the highs but most of it i mean a lot of it is there's a lot of lows and stress for sure yeah i would say you know 90 percent of it is the lows and the stress for me right. personally not not for everybody but again but I, the highs I, make it worth it yeah man it's weird like uh, again, I just kind of reference it to like, I'm constantly like a firefighter. I'm constantly putting out fires all day long. Like I'm in the service business, 100%. I'm in the service business. I serve everybody, you know what I mean? Whether that's, uh, you know what I mean? On the touring aspect of things with Phil and the band, like I'm serving them to keep them comfortable, understand where they need to go, what time they need to be there, what time they need to play, what type of event this is. Also serving the people that are at that event, whether that's the runner, the organizer, the merch people, like the sound engineers, like there's a, I'm putting on like a hundred events a year as an event coordinator and I need to make sure everybody's on the same page and everybody's happy. And there's a lot of fires involved in business. I've got a lot of employees that I've, that I'm working alongside of. Um, and I say alongside of, because like, I don't want to be a leader that's on top. I want to be a leader that's on the bottom. I want to be down in the trenches. I want to be lifting all of them up, getting them the resources they need to push forward. Like I want to be the last one that's getting the applause. I want my employees to be getting the applause. I want them to be getting the recognition of of what we're doing, what we're building, um, and just, just be a resource. And so constantly putting out fires all day long, um, and feeling that heat and feeling that pressure, um, for the one time that the fire actually goes out and you're like, okay, great. Like we, we made it through that. Oh, here comes another one. (laughs) And so, right. uh, Right. Yeah. Oh man, this is good stuff. And so just one final, you know, kind of thing before we go is, you know, we've got listeners on here who are worship leaders who are musicians who are maybe artists or, uh, 
artists, you know, musicians who are dreaming to become like touring artists or business owners, um, kind of a whole slew of, of yeah. people, creative people. And what tips would you give someone who has dreams and goals that just seem uh, impossible to reach? Maybe they, you know, they're like, I, I really want to do this, but I don't know how it's going to happen. Man, honestly, like, <laughs> I, this is something this is something I've been telling myself lately a lot. And so, uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, take, eat my own, whatever advice or whatever you want to say. I'm, I'm totally butchering that term, but <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, totally. I can't even think what it is, but I know what you mean. Yes. Uh, dude, I just honestly, if for anybody out there that's wanting to take that next step, for anybody out there that's, that's wanting to get into whatever you want to do, or just with your current situation, you have to give way more than you take. It's so simple. You have to give way more than you take. Like you can't go into thinking, I'm going to build a business and start asking people to give you money right away. Mm-hmm. What value are you bringing me? That's what they're going to be asking you. And again, a big mistake I've made. This is a big mistake that I've made. So I am not like the guy trying to preach this from a mountaintop that you know hasn't gone through it. I've been through it. I was the guy who would do something and would ask people for stuff without showing them any value or bringing any value beforehand. And so if there's any way, like if you're going into something and you want to do something like you just, you just have to give way, way more than you take. Right. Yeah. Even if you're leading a worship team. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent, dude. Like just show those, I mean, a worship team, gosh, like worship leader, like show everybody on the team so much value. You know what I mean? Like send out a mass text message to everybody. And it's just a simple little heart emoji. Like just show them love, show them appreciation, give them value. Like, you know, have a, have a mass group text where you're like sending, you know, information, like, I don't know, resources of information. Luke community put out a new blog about, I don't know, singing tips. I don't know if you guys do that, but singing tips. Sure. Right, right. And, and then they take that and they send that out to their whole team. Like that's not hard to do. And it's showing them that you care and it's showing them that you're bringing them value and you value them and what they're doing. And so when you ask them, hey, can you show up at four o'clock for the Easter Sunday morning sunrise service? And everybody's like, yes, I will be there because I feel like I'm a part of this team. You sh- you brought me value. Not, wow, he's asking us to go and be there from four in the morning to four in the afternoon. And I'm volunteering to do this. And I hope, you know what I mean? Like just the little things, man, the little things go so you go as a worship leader, I think you should go and give everybody a bottle of water. Don't have somebody else go get you water. You go grab the water, you give it to everybody, you show everybody value, you show everybody appreciation, and I think you'll you'll get you'll this the return will be so much greater. So much greater. Wow, man. That's great. Yeah. So many good so many good practical tips in all of this, man. Oh, well. Like no matter what people are doing, I mean I think Dude, that, that a lot of these yeah. principles apply to anything. Exactly. And this is stuff that I'm like remind, trying to remind myself every day, every day. You know what I mean? Like I just want to give way more than I take um, and um, just try to bring as much as much value as I possibly can to yep. anybody yep. and even complete strangers. You know what I mean? That I meet, you know, an Uber driver just like, OK, great. Like, how can I bring them value in this situation right now? That's awesome. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you and learn more about what you're doing yeah i mean instagram i'm pretty active on there just b underscore bach um and email me um i mean it's just brandon brighton at gmail.com or fly to san diego 
or fly to San Diego, come up to Carlsbad. We'll hang out. I'll take you to coffee. <laughs> but seriously though, like I'm, I'm an open book. Like I have nothing to hide and I want to be a resource to as many as possible. And, you know, I might regret that later down the road saying it, but like, I really, really like truly do. Um, and so if anybody's got questions or thoughts or things like, man, send me an email. If you're in San Diego, like possibly hang, meet up sometime. But you know, if you're got business ideas or, yep. you know, you're started something and you're struggling or you've had some successes and you just want to talk about some, those too, like, cool. Um, I'd love to meet everybody and, um, help however I can. You're the real deal, man. I've always, I've always appreciated just getting to talk to you about business and life and all sorts of stuff. Mm. You have a lot of great insight and I know you really care too. Like you're mm. very, um, compassionate about other people and their dreams. Mm. So that's awesome. That's a really, it's a needed thing. There's, <laughs> there's not a lot of, um, raising other people's flags. Mm. There's a lot of, you know, raising our own flags. And I feel like you're, you're someone who, who raises other people's flags. And I think that's, it's really special. That's uh, so. very kind of you to say, man. And I, I want, I really want that to be my legacy. So I'm happy. I, hopefully I can, can continue down that path. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you. Hey community, our featured producer for the month of March is Andy Walker. Andy is the music director at the Bridge Church in Tennessee. He's also an excellent music producer, guitarist, and keyboardist. Andy has over 100 tracks on Loop Community. Let's hear from him now. My name is Andy Walker, and I'm the music director at the Bridge Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I've been a Loop Community producer for the past six years, and Loop Community has been an invaluable resource to our church. We just started using Prime in our kids' ministries across both our campuses, and in our worship gatherings, we use a mix of community tracks, premium tracks, and master tracks. I love Matt and the whole team's heart for the church and for equipping worship leaders to give them the tools to make their worship planning easier and raise the quality of their services to have distraction-free environment for people to worship. I am Elsie. Thanks, Andy. Now let's hear a track he created for O Come to the Altar by Elevation Worship. Wow, man. That interview, I feel like, is packed full of a lot of practical stuff. Definitely. And what's interesting is that, you know, he talks a lot about things from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. But I really do think that a lot of these things are principles that can be applied to anything. Yeah. You know, whether you're a worship pastor at a church or a sound guy, you know, on the road or a, a, a businessman, you know, starting different businesses or just working somewhere, yeah. you know. What did you think? What, what were some of the takeaways you took from the interviews you listened? Yeah, going with how you can apply this to a lot of areas of your life. He talks about being creative 
every day. Right. Um, he said whether he's mixing for Phil Wickham on stage or if he's just planning a team of people to put around him in his business, he's creative with that. He thinks of what he needs to do with that. And I think that's important because we can be creative in everything we do. So whether you're playing on stage or if you're the sound engineer, you can be creative with that. Or during the week, if you're like a volunteer worship leader, and then during the week you go back to a nine to five office job, there are ways that yep. you can be creative in that and flex that creative muscle. Right. And, no matter what it is. Right. Like even this morning I was working on a spreadsheet in Excel mm -hmm. and there was a lot of data that I was trying to organize and reorganize and move things around. And I really had to be creative to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Like it's problem solving, but it's also creativity. Mm -hmm. It's figuring out, okay, well, this, what I'm doing right now isn't working. What are some other ways that will actually make this spreadsheet come to life? Yeah. Uh, and I think that is really important that like everything we're doing, there is a creative element to it. Right. And don't tell yourself that you're not creative. I used to think, oh, I'm not a creative person because I'm not good at like art. Right. Um, and so don't be, don't tell yourself that you're not creative because there's always things you can do that can help you become more creative. And the more you work on it, the better you get. Right. I know I really, um, I really felt connected with him in that as a business owner, I also get like this drive off of problem solving mm -hmm. constantly just solving different problems. Cause it's always something. Yeah. And it's funny, like with what he's doing, it really is constant problem solving yeah. schedules and the sound and you know, rerouting all these people and checking out hotels and airfare. And I mean, and then all the business stuff he's doing. Right. So problem solving high i yes, get that totally i do too what else did you take away from this yeah i liked at the end the we talked about this before the interview giving more than you take he yeah. talked about that if you want to be successful don't say hey i think i have an idea about a business give me money show people why they should give you money take those steps to get things rolling and give as much as you can to a project and then ask for help right. in that ask for people to come alongside of you when right. you already have steps taken. And I think that's really good advice for anything you do, whether you're starting a business or whether you're leading a worship team, you need to give to people. And then he goes on to say, give people value mm -hmm. um, that are on your team or that are around you. Right. Show them how you lead by giving to them and pouring into them. And yeah. I think that's so important. We've talked about that previously on podcasts, yeah. just pouring into your team, pouring into those around you, so that when you have to say, hey, we have to have a six-hour rehearsal tomorrow for Easter, people are like, okay, that sounds fun, instead of dreading right. it. Right, yeah, if people feel cared for, yeah. they'll go the extra mile with you. Right. And that can be done in so many ways. Like, I loved what he said about it, even just like sending a text with like a heart emoji. Yeah. Like that that actually, in today's, <laughs> right. today's age, that actually works. But like, you know, going out to coffee, like getting lunch with your team, or like even... You know, if you're building a worship team, yeah, before, maybe instead of only sending them planning center emails, send them an email every once in a while with like, hey, here's a song I just heard that yeah. I just really love and I think you guys might like it or a funny YouTube video or anything that just builds a relationship that shows that like you actually care about them as people more than you do about them accepting on planning center. Right. You know, and it's not, it's not to do it so you get accepts on planning center. Right. But it's really to like even just train your heart, your own heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the more you do it, the more it's like the people are more important That's than true. the schedule, than what 
you know, the task is at hand. So Right. You can think about when you're cared for and how good it feels and when you're served well. And it helps us want to serve others. Right. And people will follow you with that, even though that's not the goal. The goal is to care for them. Right. Well, Derek, I feel very cared for by you. Thank you. I feel cared for by you, too. Thank you for that little heart emoji this morning. (laughs) You're welcome. That made me feel very good. (laughs) All right, man. It's good. Well, thanks for joining the Loop Community Podcast. We're pumped to have you guys. We are passionate about providing worship leaders with quality and affordable resources to help enhance your sound and help you sound like you. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. Later, loopers.